What is going on, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the channel. Let me first start by saying Happy New Year to all of you. Hopefully, everything that you wished for, everything that you prayed for, and everything that you've motivated yourself towards comes to you in a great abundance this year. Guys, this is the first podcast of the year, and this year, I want to be an amazing one. This can be an amazing year, starting with you sharing this podcast to make sure that this podcast is heard by everyone, because today's podcast is a very important podcast And there's more podcasts like this one that's on the way. Now, this podcast, I've done a lot of research, but more about understanding is what I'm going to share with you today. So this podcast is more of a freestyle podcast. What it means is that I didn't do an extensive amount of research, but I have a great amount of understanding what I want to share with you today. So... As I always do, I share great ideas and great understandings. That was initially my thing to start with starting Relationship Stuff 101 was to give understanding and receive understanding. And that's what I want to do today. Love and conditions. I want to, let me again, let me not get too far. Also, without sending a shout out overseas, internationally to Germany, I see that the podcast is really picking up steam in Germany. I want to give a shout out to all my international listeners. That Happy New Year's in the beginning goes to you as well. There is no country that I'm separating with uh, giving a shout out to or giving good graces to. So before I go any further, I wanted to say that. Love and conditions, guys. I did a podcast called Unconditional Love. In that podcast, I explained a lot of conditions in which people have, which causes them to hopefully fall in love unconditionally. But over the last two weeks, because it's been about two weeks since I did a long podcast, I've been really thinking about a lot of things. And a lot of the things that I've been thinking about has to do with the conditions in which people create for themselves and which they think they should be loved for. And a lot of times these conditions are so strenuous that the person that they ask to love them because of these conditions cannot meet those expectations. So eventually the love dies faster than it even was about to grow. What do I mean by that, guys? So let's say, let's say for instance, right? You decide that today you want to make a garden. You decide that today. Like you never researched anything. You never read any books. You know, the idiot's guide to gardening or nothing like that. You never, you never even thought about gardening. But all of a sudden you go outside in your yard and you get a shovel and you just start poking the ground. Your belief is that because you're creating holes to throw seeds in, you're going to eventually get a garden. 
but you don't understand that you're just destroying your soul. See what I did there? Soul and soil <laughs> by going around poking holes and things, hoping that great ideas are birthed from those holes you poked in the soil. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. So you would beg to differ because you would believe that great ideas can be manifested and can come from great expectations. <laughs> yes, it feels good to put those words together and it feels good when those words have a marriage. However, with the misunderstanding of how to garden, those words conflict with each other. So what do you have to do? You first have to create a great understanding of what you want and what you need and where you want to be in a relationship. You then have to go to someone and have a conversation which addresses these needs perfectly, professionally, and logically with less emotion. I understand a lot of people get to a desperation stage. What people don't understand in the state of desperation, <coughs> excuse me, you tend to put out a lot of nonsense and that nonsense catches up with you later on in the relationship because you believe that the conditions in which you set in the beginning are conditions that's going to always be met to create a greater understanding of the love that's turning unconditionally. But you never understood that the conditions you created were conditions that you were comfortable with. These conditions didn't have to be comfortable for the person that's around you. But you'll think to yourself, well, I've read the book by Richard Chapman, The Love Language and the Five Love Languages, excuse me, the Five Love Languages. So my love language has to be understood by my partner. Yes, you're right. You in turn have to understand theirs too. There's a lot of selfishness going on in, in uh, meeting people and relationships today. A lot of people have an understanding of what they want. But they don't have an understanding of how to find out truly what the other person wants and needs. The other person then is selfish themselves. You have two selfish people trying to fall in love. That's, a, that's like two magnets trying to connect. If you have two selfish people trying to fall in love, you will never truly fall in love. Because this strong understanding and love for yourself it's causing you to not connect with another person. So in all, you do have to have self-love, but there's some selflessness that has to be available in order for you to truly connect with another person. And this selflessness is a part of the conditions in which you have to set or has to be set in order for love to reach an unconditional stage. Let's speak a little bit about religion. I'm going to go I'm going to go left field for a little bit for those of you who are not religious. Those of you who are religious will understand and get this. 
God is the true meaning of unconditional love. God's love for humanity and God's love for outer space and everything that he's created is unconditional. Because you think about the things you do in your life or you think about the things we see on a daily basis. And you think to yourself, why hasn't God struck down any of these people yet? People that was like Jeffrey Dahmer, people that was like Hitler. You understand? People who was like some of the, the meanest and most, you know, disconnected people we knew. John Wayne Gacy. Some of the most disconnected people. Jim Jones. Mass suicide. 900 people dead. <coughs> Excuse me. Why didn't God strike down none of these people to stop them from doing what they was about to do? His love at that point is unconditional. I'm, I see this. I see what's going on. I understand what's going on. Maybe in his head, he already knew what he had planned for Hitler. He already knew what he had planned for Jim Jones. He already knew what he had planned for all of these bad men who did bad things. You understand? He knew what he has planned for them. So he still loves them unconditionally, but there's still punishment behind your actions. That's what people are probably missing from what I'm saying about unconditional love. Does unconditional love come with blindness? Now, that's a thing that, that, that people have to put out there. And that, that should probably be a post. Does unconditional love come with blindness? Now, let me explain what that means. To love, does, to love somebody unconditionally means I have to be blind to the bad behavior in which they present. No, you have to hold them accountable for the bad behavior, but you don't need to love them less because they're presenting bad behavior. Then if that bad behavior persists, you then have to either decide, is this behavior I'm going to consistently just punish and love them to go forward for? Or is this enough to cause a divide? Then that way love starts to take a decrease. It never reaches an unconditional stage. Guys, you have people who would break up with people and say, I love them, but we couldn't be together for a long time. In all actuality, you don't love them no more. You don't. The love has taken on such a humongous decrease, it has turned back into a like or a care. You care for them, but you don't love them, which is two different things. You care for them. You probably don't want to see any harm come to them, but you no longer have this love for them. Now we think about the different stages of love. <clears throat> if somebody was to beg to differ. Well, I love them, but it's agape love. It's that brotherly love. It's that sisterly love. I no longer have this romantic love for them. <clears throat> and which makes me even more blind to what they're doing. And if that's your, if that's your logic and if that's the knowledge that makes you feel like a great individual moving forward, that's logic I'm okay with. Because it's your understanding helping me understand why you still have love for this person. And that that love is not that romantic love, but it has taken on a different definition, which is the love agape. <clears throat> so 
when we look at love and conditions, <coughs> excuse me, guys, <clears throat> the conditions that you set forth, again, has to be conditions that are comfortable enough for the person to be comfortable enough to return these comfortable conditions or their comfortable conditions back to you. And if you two are extremely selfish, extremely, to the point you don't want to give in, that selfish behavior is going to cause a magnetic connection inside of your relationship. You guys will always be at that. The only time you will come together is when there's a lustful moment. We can get into that, which is actually going to be the closing statement on this love and conditions. See, a lot of people lust strongly for someone. They see the look that the person is beautiful, the person is attractive, and that becomes the epitome of why they're seeking such a strong connection with this person. Other things during during intercourse, during sexual interactions may also be the factor. That extreme pump of dopamine, estrogen, testosterone, all of that, that cocktail keeps you in a blind state in which you're consistently chasing the dream, but you'll never reach it. <coughs> Excuse me, because initially you're in lust. There's a person that can be out there getting mistreated on a daily basis by their partner. However, their partner is good in the bedroom. That dopamine charge is all they need to stay in a relationship. The psychological abuse, the verbal abuse, and possible physical abuse is not enough for them to leave. It's the dopamine charge that keeps them connected. Lusting is probably humanity's biggest sin. <clears throat> when you look at the, val the validation seekers on the internet, that's men and women. Just like you see women on the internet seeking validation with less clothes, you can see some men on the internet seeking validation without a shirt on. These validation seekers don't understand that what they're pushing out into the universe is lustful behavior. Because I'm going to present you with a great jewel, but it's fake. But you're not going to have no idea that it's fake because it's so great that it has psychologically tricked you into believing it's something real. There's many different other things. The guy can have a lot of money. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. He's a high value man, quote unquote. She's a woman who takes accountability. She's a woman who actually uh, doesn't mind to be submissive. But however, there's some other psychological factors behind these things. Some people hear the conversations that's going on today, guys, and they create a personality based around those ideologies. 
when they create a personality based around those ideologies and they present themselves to you for the first time, those ideologies in which they created their personality off of becomes their way of conditioning. When they present it to you, it looks great because it's fixed up to be great. Time passes. And with time, everything starts to wear or wither or show some type of um, some type of, uh, let's say, everything tends to show some type of effect from time. As you go further, everything. So if that is not real, it will eventually show some wear and tear. Once it starts to show wear and tear. You're not going to like what you start to see. I'm going to give you a story, right? One day I was in my homeboy house. His mother had a painting. The painting was brass for years. For years, the painting was brass. Every time I went to her house, the painting was brass. Right? One day she had me get up there and clean it. When I wiped it, the thing was white. So the whole time that she thought it was brass, the brass wasn't brass. It was dirt. So this great painting she thought she had in brass was not a great painting at all. It <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't moonlighting as a as a brass painting because <laughs> paintings can't moonlight but the whole time is sitting up there causing this great feeling within her making her think that she has a brass painting when in all she has a white painting so now she has to l- learn to either relove this painting or get rid of it because it's not what she thought it was when you look at somebody that you love who has fixed themselves up to be someone that has great conditionings to return the love to you. And then they start to show them true selves and you wipe them down completely. And they something that you didn't think they were at that point, you're going to have an epiphany. You're going to decide to either love them further for the new them, or you're going to decide to let them go because you really see who they are now. Initially, If there's not anything too bad, they didn't cheat. They're not consistently cheating. They're not physically abusing you. They're not gaslighting you. They're not doing anything to completely destroy your character. It's just that they're not who you thought they were. And then you still decide to leave them. That's not unconditional love. That's you loving on your conditions. So consistently throughout a relationship, Many people might be out there loving forever based on conditions, hence the title love and conditions. The true meaning of unconditional love, as I stated about religion, is is God. And there's another form of unconditional love. And that's the love from a mother to her child and a father to his child. That's unconditional love. Now, some children out there have killed their parents. Some children out there have become the worst 
manifestation of a kid that their parents can think of. Some people don't even talk to their kids no more. Some people probably had a kid that's 50 years old and they're 70 and they haven't talked to their child in 30 years. It hurts them that they have it, but they know that they can't be around the person. Initially, your love for your child is still there. But it may have taken on a different form of love. Excuse me. And not the same love that it was when you first saw them as a newborn. Seeing a baby as a newborn, that's unconditional love. If you're psychologically fit. Some women deal with postpartum depression. So the newborn baby, to them, is not there. They're in a depressive stage. So they can't see and understand what's there to love it unconditionally. But to the women who are in a positive state once they have a child, and they can see and understand what's in front of them, they have experienced unconditional love because that newborn baby hasn't done anything to receive this abundance of love and joy you have. You may not want to believe this, guys, but you can never give another human being that amount of love and joy. Why? Because as we are understanding today, you first love with conditions. And because there is an understanding and a mistrust for how human beings are truly, you walk around with this crutch of conditions that you're ready to present to someone. And if they don't meet this expectations, the expectations of what you have presented, you will always walk around with a crutch in your relationship, never walking truly. Because a lot of people don't want to stand up on the idea that someone else is not loving them unconditionally. But when you think back to that newborn baby, that newborn baby has received the ultimate amount of love without any conditions set on the amount of love that it has received. I got quiet for a little bit there, guys, because I want I want that to resonate with you. I want you to understand it. So the major question here before we end. Is there unconditional love out there waiting for people? Yes, there's unconditional love out there waiting for people. But there's also things out there that people become attached to that causes them to become unbearable to you. And when they become unbearable, that's when the conditions in which you set start to lessen. 
some things cause you to fall in and out of love. And some things cause you to completely fall out of love. Those questions me ask, have a person ask, excuse me, was love there in the first place? Yes, it was. But it was there only with conditions. And again, once the lessening of those conditions presented itself, that person went back to their crutch, back to their safe spot, back to their comfort zone, and they left you out. There's love out there. There's love out there, guys. There's love out there everywhere. However you understand it, and however the person presents it to you, you guys can live on forever with those two understandings. And with those two understandings that you guys have that cause you to move forward in your relationship, those two understandings will always be your conditions. And if your conditions become great enough to where those conditions cause you guys to live forever in your marriage, those are just great conditions that cause the relationship to stay together. Because there's always a thought or always going to be a thought of the possibility of these conditions not being met, there will always be love and conditions. There will rarely be unconditional love. Rarely. Does unconditional love exist, sir? Does, I mean, relationship stuff one-on-one? Does unconditional love exist? I just explained it. God is the true meaning of unconditional love. Mom to infant Dad to infant is the true meaning of unconditional love. That's the true meaning of it. Once we get older and we start setting all of these boundaries and we we start setting put up put, putting up all of these walls and we start putting up all of these reasons why and <clears throat> and how and when and and you better and you bet not all of that's conditions. Now, let me jump on to something I just thought about while I was saying that about infants. Some people will say, okay, what about the love you feel for somebody when you just meet them, when nobody has hurt you, and, and you're just coming out into the dating world, and you just give this love to somebody, and you're in love, and your first love hurts you, truly, truly hurts you, and you remember this person forever. Was that truly love? What was that? As we all know, that's called puppy love. That means you have no idea what you was involved in. Children, because their minds are not developed or or because your mind is not developed to a state where you understand that you're truly in, you have been taken over by a cocktail of chemicals that caused you to be so blind and that caused you to be so much in this psychological feeling of love that you believed what you initially felt was unconditional love and the strongest love you ever felt for somebody in your life. But however, there was just this chemical there that caused you to have this reaction 
that once you get older, with with more understanding and more knowledge, you are able to come out of this, uh, I want to say, this cocktail still sane. So you're getting a cocktail, you're drinking it, you're consuming it, but you're still a little bit attached to reality. As a kid or as a, a person coming into this new, you're not as connected to reality as you are once you experience this. So you may think that that love you had, your first love you ever had was the strongest love you ever felt. But in all actuality, that was not love at all. That was just a chemical imbalance. Damn, he just told me my first love ever was a chemical imbalance. Yes. That's what it was. And when there's imbalanced chemicals, there's always destruction. You ever put baking soda and, uh, excuse me, baking soda and, uh, it's not coming to me, guys. It's, oh, man. Guys, baking soda and, oh, boy, it's not coming to me. I don't want to spend too much time on it, guys. <clears throat> oh. You ever put baking soda and vinegar together? That's a chemical imbalance. The baking soda causes the vinegar to fizzle up. And if you take that concoction and you wipe it, wipe down the dirtiest wall, it's going to clean that wall. <laughs> so to you, you may think, oh man, I found the best cleaning solution ever. Best cleaning solution ever. But it still doesn't smell good. Even though you found the best cleaning solution ever. And you're going to waste a lot more money creating this concoction than you would if you use something else to clean those walls. So that first feeling of love was that baking soda and that vinegar. But the true meaning of love is some other chemical that's out there that smells better and gives you the same effect. I hope that makes sense to you guys. You guys have a great rest of your Saturday. Excuse me, your Sunday. A great rest of your new year. And I want to leave this with you guys. It's that thing called love that causes a lot of people to search for its unconditioned. But it's the true meaning of love that lets you know you will forever love with conditions. I will speak to you guys in the next one. Again, have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great rest of your new year. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace out.